Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. So hello and welcome everybody to the Chakra Way Meditation Podcast. I am delighted to be joined today by JJ De Geronimo. I hope I've said that right. I didn't check that with you. Is that right? Yes. It's a very cool name. It's beautiful. Now, JJ is a light worker. She is an author and she is just here to raise our energy, to increase the light. And boy, do we need that. So welcome, JJ. Thank you so much for joining me today. Oh, thank you. I'm so excited about this conversation. Yeah, me too. I, I'm going to start off by reading out the title of your book, which I absolutely love. It's it's not a, it's not a snappy one, I'll say that, <laughs> but it says everything you want to know about the book. It is called Seeking, 74 Key Findings to Raise Your Energy, Sidestep Your Self-Doubt, and Align with Your Life's Work. Now, if you don't want that book in your life, I would, I want to know why, because if you, unless you've got all of that sorted, in which case I definitely want to speak to you, but this is beautiful book. What inspired it? Mm. Well, I am my student, you know, I'm a seeker myself and I feel like I have been working my own space and with women for a long time. And I would say that the biggest challenge that I encounter, not only in my own work, but with all the women I work with across the world is our self-doubt. And so I had to put that in the title because self-doubt is your first barrier to anything that you embark on. And we all have it. So that's really critical to just get underneath that and figure out why are you holding yourself back? Number two, you have to raise your energy to change your outlook. You have to change what's happening on the inside to change what's happening on the outside. And three, the life work is happening every day, but most of us are striving to get there. And so how do you uncover the work that you're doing now in a way that is really a stepping stone for where you're going? Amazing. Yeah. I mean, these are these are all absolute key things. And I think 
The thing that that stands out for me is is that thing about self-doubt, is that we all have that self-doubt. And I think a lot of us go around going, looking at other people going, oh my gosh, they're so confident. They've got it all going on. You know, their hair's gorgeous and their career is amazing and their relationship seems to be happy. And, you know, and we look at other people and go, they don't have self-doubt, so why do I? And that's also another really in oh, insipid and oh, horrible thing to have happen but the fact is and I think it's really important to say that everybody has self-doubt and overcoming it sidestepping it because you can't avoid it that's why I love this title because it's not like dispelling it or getting rid of it it's no it's just let's just walk around it sidestep it I think it's so clever Mm, I have found that I've had to do that and I've used all different tools and techniques to work on it. And I feel like if we don't hit it head on, we'll have so many people sitting on the edge of the pool thinking about going in, mm-hmm. but oftentimes they're like, well, do I have the right suit? Is the water the right temperature? Do I have to get ready after this? I mean, there's just so many conversations we're having with ourselves that are holding us back from leaning into what is calling us. And I feel like all of us are being guided, but only some of us really are listening to our whispers and leaning into those, that type of work, those types of exercises, because most of us feel ill-prepared for the work ahead and especially the work of our soul. But trust me, your soul has everything you need to do the work you assigned yourself to do while you're here. So beautiful. And so true. And so true. And it's something that I think we all need to hear on a daily basis, if not several times a day because that is something that we that we know intrinsically within ourselves and we let all the insecurities and self-doubt and all the external noise of the world dampen that down and so we need to almost you know it needs to be a daily reminder that that we have everything that we need it's such a such a key point so I'm just going to rewind a little bit so you are a light worker um for those people who don't know what a light worker is would you please tell everybody what that means Well, first off to say, I've been stepping into this for a while, but it's somebody, think of a lighthouse, right? It's somebody that has illuminated their own journey, their own path, and now can help others illuminate their path. So I'm not doing anything for anybody outside of using my life as an example in educating people on my lessons and my healing, and even the work I've had to do to sidestep that self-doubt to create more light and illumination for what is possible. And I believe that my journey and my experiences have been a lighthouse for others. And I feel like this book is just really the cornerstone of what, how to get started and what other alternative resources and people can you work with to help move out the darkness, move out the stories that are no longer serving you, even work through things that are really making you feel less than. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's such such important work. And I think anybody who works in the energy field and all of the various different modalities that there are out there um is a light worker. And you know, and and I will include myself in that, although I think I'm I like to think as you were saying that, I was like, what am I? And I'm thinking, maybe I'm a, a cartographer. Like I like to write people maps. Like, you know, the chakras for me are like a big map where I'm giving you a map and then you you're the one that that 
decides where you're going to go on this map, but you have this new sort of knowledge, all these symbols and ideas and things that you can then follow in your life. That's I, but light worker is, is a much more common term. I think if I went around going, yes, I'm a spiritual cartographer, I think everyone would laugh at me. <laughs> no, but it makes me think, well, tell me more. Tell me more. So I like that title. Yeah, yeah I think it's quite good. I'm, I'm quite mm. proud of that. Um, so tell me a little bit then about your journey then. I mean, you've obviously had one hell of a journey to get to here. So what is it that has happened in your life? Where have you been? What have you done? Oh my goodness. Well, I'm 50. So let me just say that. So I've done a lot, but I will tell you one of the things that I love that I've learned about over the last, I would say eight years is birth charts. And the birth chart for me is really identifying like where the planets are when you come on the planet, what's your rising sign, what's your moon, what's your sun. And it often sheds such great light onto the work you're supposed to be doing. And of course, you know, there's many other planets and um, even stars that give you such insight. And so I didn't really know why I was here to be quite honest with you for a long time. I grew up in a very minimal based household. We didn't have a lot. So I worked really hard to kind of get out of that scenario, and especially my conversations with money and how that unfolds for so many of us. Mm. But I ended up getting into technology and I spent about 20 years in technology. Okay. And I will tell you that never once did I ever think about writing a book because I'm dyslexic and I got such poor grades in my English classes, not because I wasn't a good idea generator, but I was horrible at grammar and editing. Yeah. So when I started collecting the stories of women in 2008, 2009, uh, specifically around what it's like to have kids and be in a corporate job, you know, where you're managing people and different groups around the world and even territories, it gets really hard and everyone makes it off. Like it's so simple. Oh, you could have it all. You could have it all. Well, that wasn't that easy for me. And I, I needed the cliff notes. I felt like I was misled in a lot of ways on how to make that a reality. And so that was really the basis for my first book. And the reason I started writing it was really for my daughter, because I felt like that much has changed in such a short period of time. So like for her, I've got to give her the cliff notes and then the universe has a wacky way of just making things so. And that writing became a draft, which then I found an editor and then I found a publisher. And that was sort of the basis of me creating essentially cliff notes of books of, for women of how to make whatever they want a reality. Because I feel like there's just not enough guidance out there for women on how to make it so. Yeah. I mean, I totally... I um. I'm totally with you and I can't I can't identify because I've never done the corporate thing. I've been lucky enough well so I think I'm lucky to, maybe yeah, it's not great but I have never done the corporate thing but I have been on the sidelines of watching a lot of my friends and my sister and you know various people in my life do that. And it seems to me as an outsider looking in that they are either feeling guilty about work or guilty about their family. And they are going, I know I should be able to have it all, but I feel like I've got nothing or I've not got it all. I'm, I'm making sacrifices left, right and center. And so it's fantastic that you are shining a light on that and actually going, there's, there's a way, there's a way. I love that. So what are the yes. ways? Well, and I'll say like, then the journey continues on with the next book about really how to get promoted. But the seeking book that I just published is a bridge book because it's, I have Chiron in my 10th house, which means oftentimes wherever Chiron sits in your house is that you are unsure 
about how to communicate or do the work you want to do because you kind of fear what the outcome may be. And I was fearful to talk about the inner work I had to do. Like I've spent so much time with energy practitioners since 16. I had a couple tower moments as from the tarot in my life, at which basically crumbled me and I had to build back up. And I did that with energy practitioners, retreats, solo trips. And the book seeking is really to make that more, not only available, but normalized for women that are seeking. Because I think a lot of us, you know, go to a yoga class or maybe go on one trip and we're like, well, I can't really find myself. But it's, there's a lot of people all around us that can help us dig through our stories, really kind of remove the darkness and give us more clarity on what we're supposed to be doing here. And so I share all the practitioners I use. I share, put all the books down because again, it's a toolkit for women that feel like they're burnout or they're overworked or they're questioning, like, what is this all for? Yeah, yeah absolutely. I mean, having the tools is such um, an empowering thing to have you know I mean my tools my primary tools obviously the chakras because I feel like they underlie everything that we do energetically because they are the map that's why I say I'm a cartographer cartographer because that they they give you the map that underlies everything um and I you you enjoy your your birth chart I've recently got into numerology which is very similar um, but oh my god, it's so powerful and so accurate. You know, I've I've played with with astrology and um, uh, you know the birth chart thing, and yes, it is true. But for me, that's it's I don't know. Maybe it's just because I'm lazy. I can't you know I can't take in all of that information. Whereas numerology, it's just like bam, it's just simple. It's just numbers. It's <laughs> oh, I have to do. I love information. I think information is key, and so. I would love to do a session with you, but I do numerology at the back of the book too, because 74. Yes. 70. I got to tell you, I'm sure you know this, but I did a session with a girlfriend of mine when 74 became the number. And I'm like, what is 74? What is this number? Why is it 74? And 74, seven and four combined represents letting go of conditioning or patterns we have collected along the way that have been holding us back. This creates space for light and gifts to shine through. Seven plus one is 11. 11 reminds us of our knowing and intuition with a powerful connection that the energies of the universe, ourselves and others. And one plus one is two. The spiritual number two highlights a partnership with the universe, our inner self and one another to work together to co-create as you have a higher role on the earth. My hope is this book gives you additional glimpses into your knowing that shapes your journey ahead. I love that. I love that. Yeah. So I love numerology too, because it's so powerful and so much information is available to us, but our churches and religious groups don't want us to access this information. And so they're like, that's bad. And as we all know, there's a lot of history in that and our soul's journey mm -hmm. with all of that. But now is the time for women to get together in this way, use this information to remind each other that we are not only connected, but that we are here to change the frequency of the planet. Oh, yes. The vibration, raising our energy. I absolutely, I'm so with you on that. And I, I feel I'm probably repeating myself because I've said this a lot recently, because I love this fact so much that I heard the other day about vibration and about energy. And, um, 
one would think that the highest vibration that we can attain as a human being would be love or gratitude. They seem to be the, the highest vibrations. And in fact, they've done a study to show that the highest vibration that we can attain is through authenticity. Mm. And that is like, oh, yes, because, you know, even love plus authenticity is just so much greater than just love. Gratitude plus authenticity is authenticity is everything. And when you're working in the kind of work that we do and we're trying to help people find a way into raising their vibration and finding their energetic um, sort of sweet spot, if you like, authenticity has to be at the heart of it. And you talk a lot about, obviously, in the title of your book, the keys to finding to, to raise your raise your energy. And by that, I'm assuming you're meaning raising your vibration, or maybe you're just mean, I mean, we all do, we can all do with a, with a boost of actual energy as well. But what is it? What is that part of the book around and about for you? Yeah, this has come up for me over the last 15 years about where is your energy level? What kind of energy are you sharing with the world? And what energy are you getting back? Because what we are is what we see. And for many of us, we don't realize how much control we have over the energy, not only that we share, but that we sit within. And I think for me, I really had to do some self-mining where I sat down every day with a piece of paper and like every time I would get a thought or an idea I would watch the way I talk to myself. Is it positive? Is it negative? And a long time ago in 2010, I was a practicing polluter. I was not somebody that found the glass half full. I would constantly talk about what wasn't working. And I kind of built a community or relationships around that. And I had to be very, very aware of what I was saying, what I was reading, what I was watching. And, and that took some time for me to do. But I'd say like 15 years later, I live and die by this. Like I am so focused on not only what I'm watching, what I'm reading, what I talk about, what people I hang out with, and most importantly, how I talk to myself. Yeah. And I think you really have to hone in that energy if you want to illuminate your path. And I think for me, that's really been a goal of mine is to, is to kind of recognize there's negativity, recognize there's self-doubt, but finding a life of gratitude and sidestepping that. And that is simple things like hot coffee, gas in my car, money for the train, you know, um, having an opportunity to be invited to meet with someone or have a session online. I just feel like all of that plays into it. And so I just spend a lot of time talking about what I'm grateful for. I don't wait till the end of the day and write it down. Like I say it throughout the entire day and I use mother nature a lot that if I'm feeling down or sad, I like go outside and I find 20 things that amaze me, you know, whether it's an ant, a ladybug, a leaf, right? The stars, the moon, the clouds, it's just amazing. We have so much beauty, beauty around us, but we are conditioned to not see it. And I feel like the more we can talk about like getting out from the conditioning that's happening to us from such a small child and breaking away from like this way of living into more light and love, the easier life gets. Yeah, no, you're, you're absolutely right. And I think um, we live in a kind of constant battle with with society and our true nature what is actually true and authentic for us 
what actually feels right for us and what we think we ought to be doing or we should be doing or what society expects of us or what our parents expect of us or, you know, whatever, you know, there's a million different things that we get, um, we get sort of shoved from pillar to post in trying to work out what is right for us. And one of the interesting things that I liked about your, you know, when I was reading up on you and having a look at your book and so on, was this um, idea of breaking away from uh, perfectionism, which I think is, again, it's a society driven thing that we have to be perfect. Now, you've walked this line, you've had the family alongside a corporate job managing, you know, multi national whatever's you know tech and so on and had a family at home and probably turned out to work looking gorgeous and stylish and the envy of everybody and probably people looked at you and went yeah she's got it all she's perfect um you know is the tell me the truth what what was really <laughs> tell me the truth what was really going on in those in that time when you were when you were embodying it all and probably embodying this idea of perfectionism it's a real thing it's a real thing I mean now in hindsight I think that as working women especially in corporate or some kind of business like it is such masculine energy and we all have masculine and feminine energy but you almost have to check your feminine knowing at the door and then go into your work with heavy masculine, leaning really into your masculine, which kind of detaches you from who you are, but forces you to deliver in a way that is really only with half of your toolkit. So not only are you expected to deliver great results, you're expected to only use half your toolkit. And so it creates a level of insecurity in what we're doing and how we're trying to show up. And so one way of moving through this is to over deliver, overcompensate so that people don't realize that you're not feeling whole or that you're not feeling aligned. And I think so many people deal with this. I mean, I work a lot with women, so I know that is so, but I think men are challenged with this too. And I feel like there wasn't a day that went by that I was like, what the heck am I doing? Is this working? Or I get off a call and I'm like, they're going to fire me or they didn't like my idea. And it happened last week. So it's not like it ever goes away, but it is more self-awareness. Where is that stemming from? Why am I beating myself up? Did someone tell me in second grade, I wasn't good enough? Did my parents tell me I wasn't smart enough? Did I have a ex significant other that told me something that I'm holding on to? Because the reality is, is that we all are moving through this planet the best way we know how. And many of us are trying to feel like we fit in. And I think for many of us, when we feel that way, it's a very lonely and we always feel like the other shoe is going to drop. And I think whoever you're watching or looking up to, you know, sometimes it's not great to put people on pedestals because oftentimes as Rebecca Campbell would say, they have to come down for you to go up. And I think for many of us, we have to believe that we are exactly where we're meant to be. And if things don't work out, you lose your job, you lose the relationship, things come to the forefront that are shocking to you, that the universe is working for you and that that is perfectly orchestrated to push you along on your journey. Yeah. yeah that old sort of adage of, you know, what is uh, meant for you won't miss you. And if something comes along that doesn't take away, you know, then you probably didn't need it or want it uh, deep down. So yeah, it's a, it's a big old 
it's a, it's a big old sort of inner battle to fight, really, isn't it, that we have um, with this level of perfectionism. Yeah. Yeah, and through my work, you know, what I've socially essentially visualized is that, you know, we have the light of our soul, the light of the universe, the teardrop, you know, come into our body when our eyes open. And we are engulfed in this human body that comes with the ego and all of our human senses. And that ego is to protect us, but oftentimes it's an overdrive and that the goal of reading the book, seeking or doing your own searching or your own solo trips is to figure out ways to allow space for the soul light to shine brighter than the voice of the ego. That's beautifully put. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I love that. Our ego is, you know, and it is, it's that the the ego is that inner critic. It's that self-doubter, isn't it? It's that that part yeah. of us that puts us down and that says, you're not really enough, are you? Or you've not really, you don't really know what you're doing. And sometimes we don't know what we're doing, but we have to bluff our way through it. And actually that usually works, you know, most of the time. I think most people are bluffing their way through life. <laughs> it's a useful thing to remember for sure. And and the other one of the other things that I loved, and I I'm going to want to ask you this with the with I I the lady that I just interviewed just recently, um, you know how when you're reading a bio and there's a few sort of like bullet points that you just go, oh yeah, that's really juicy. And um for you, yours was the power of no. And for mm. hers was the power of yes. So mm. I'm having this little, this little battle see who's got <laughs> which yes. argument I know that there's an argument solid good arguments for both the power of yes and the power of no they both have power but talk me through your power of no yeah that's a great question I bet it's the same I bet it's the same it's just going at it different ways but yeah. the idea is is that you only have so much time and if you're constantly giving your time and resources away to people because you think you should, or you feel guilty, or you want them to like you, that takes your power away. And so the idea, I think a power of yes or no, is that you're picking the right things to focus on. And so I created a chart back in 2010 with the first book that you know aligns your commitments. What are your commitments? Who asked you to do it? Does it give you good energy? Yes or no? That commitment, does it give you good energy? right? Does it align to what is important to you? Yes or no? Is it the right amount of time? And is it something that needs to be removed from your commitments? Because the reality is if you have a desire to have more impact than you have today or create more light, you have to find space in your schedule to build the bridge. And I think for so many, we try to hold on to so many things we said yes to in fear of, right? People not liking you, people being ticked off that you're giving this task back. Or maybe you feel guilty because you're defined by how people work with you, or you feel like they're only going to like you if you're only helpful. At some point in your life, you have to believe that you are important enough to man and mind the things that you say yes to in efforts to catapult you in the direction your soul desires, your soul desires. So whether you focus on what you're saying yes to, or you identify what you're going to get off your list, the power of no. Either way, it creates momentum for where you're going. Yeah, I love that. 
Oh, I totally agree with you. I think it is. And what I love about this chart that you've got with these questions, so you've got a task or a project or something, and you're like, is this a yes or a no? Because when you're asked a yes or no question, the answer just kind of leaps out of you. You don't actually have to, you know, if it, if the question is like, how do you feel about this particular project? You know, you could waffle on for hours about how you you really feel like it might do this or it might you know might be powerful for my career or it might be really useful but it might take up to you know you go oh, I don't know I would go around and around in circles but if you're asked a yes or no question is this right yes or no no you know it instantly comes for you it comes from you without you your body knows, you know, there's a, there's a lovely practice of, of listening. Have you ever done that um, muscle testing? Yes and no, which I love to do. And that's, you know, just feeling the yes and the no within your body. You can do it standing up and leaning forward, you know, and your, your yes will take you forward and your no will take you slightly back and your feet are very sensitive to these movements. So you can begin to gauge It's it's a fascinating thing to do, but it's, it's interesting because the the power of the yes the with the the person that I was talking to before and, and those of you who have not listened to it is with Kimberly Braun. Um and she's a very spiritual she came you know she was a um a very she's a, a mystic adventurer a very spiritual person and her power of yes was the fact that we are the embodiment of the universe saying yes. And so it's not in a quite in a slightly different vein of 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 working through life, you know, and it's a lovely thing to imagine that, yes, we exist because the universe said yes to you. Oh, that's so sweet. I know, isn't it? It's gorgeous. But actually, when you've got past that and you're in life, I do understand and I completely on board with you the power of no of actually setting your boundaries because no is essentially the the word you use to set your boundaries. It is and it is self-love too. It's self-love. The extension of that is self-love. And I think for all of us, like we've chosen to be here right now. We've chosen who we're going to do our work with and we know what our life's work is. And And it takes us a while to remember. And I think that's the beauty of working with you. That's the beauty of working with people that have done the inner work that have found the light that can share the insights and wisdom with more of us so that we too can remember why we are here. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And I mean, do you, so you obviously you're an author, but you work with people like in how, what is your work like? What do you do? Is it courses or one-to-one? What do you? That's interesting. So I've been B2B for a long time. I work, I'm actually a keynote speaker for corporations, but now with this, the reason I wrote this third book for anyone who's in the business, like learning is I needed to create a bridge from where I was to where I was going. Because if I just start talking about human design or numerology, or I'm working with this energy practitioner, I'm hosting this retreat. I needed people to understand why, why is she doing this? Is it, she's just got a good like tarot reading. No, no. I've been on a journey of self-discovery for eight years and it's been so beneficial. It's been hard. There's been tears. There's been heartache. There's been awakenings and realignment in a lot of ways and even letting go. But it has been a beautiful journey. And my goal now is to help other people on their path. So I work on retreats and obviously do speaking, but I'm also going to help more light workers get published because it's really 
our rigmarole of how to do it. And we need to make it simpler for healers and light workers to get their work into the world. So I'll be working on that. And then I'm also helping some more hotels and um, create experiences and helping facilitate retreat leaders into more different places to host their retreats, because it's going to take a lot for us to, you know, shift the energy, work on our piece. And I feel like I'm more of a connector conduit to kind of cultivate this type of work and make it more normal to the everyday woman. Yeah, I love that. And I think that's really possible. You know, and if you think, you know, we're similar age, I'm a bit older than you, but similar age, we we can remember when yoga, just simple, straightforward yoga, which is as which is as ordinary as anything these days, you know, you can't go into any town and not find a yoga class somewhere. But back in the 80s, or 90s even like yoga was like for the for the for the woo woo people it was for the you know it was it had a completely different image it was not mainstream at all it was quite alternative now totally mainstream so that gives me hope that that this kind of work will become way more mainstream and so instead of turning up to your spa weekend and there being a yoga class and a pilates class and a you know whatever else that actually there will be some kind of light working you know some kind of energy work some kind of energy healing that people can learn about you know some kind of you know mm-hmm. just let's just do a little bit of inner work kind of workshop um, I think it's really important, you know, in the same way with chakras, you know, chakras were, uh, uh, excuse me, what, what are they? What are, you know, like my dad, you know, do I have chakras, darling? Yes, dad, you do. You know, <laughs> you know, it's like, it's, it was unknown and now it's much more in the common vernacular. So I love that you're doing this because as a connector, that's the power bringing the people Yeah. Yeah, And so I'm interviewing tons of energy practitioners and through, you know, I just feel like let's hear their story because most of them started off the side of their desk Mm -hmm. and they slowly have worked into these things. So they're not, they're not people living in the woods, you know, and, and they don't, you know, they're not Gothic. Some of them are, but a lot of them are everyday (laughs) people that have amazing gifts. And Mm -hmm. I just think like, I just think about religion and yoga, because there's churches that have come out and said, you know, yoga is against our religion. But again, remember, they want us to forget that this is possible. They want to keep the patriarchy, patriarchy, and they want to keep the masculine energy in the forefront. Mm -hmm. And you can see what's happening across the world with women right now, that that is not how we are going to be showing up moving forward. And you're already seeing glimpses of that in so many aspects. So a lot of the spiritual leaders I follow, they say we're changing sons from the fifth son to the sixth son, which has been centuries. And that sixth son is much more feminine in nature and much more aligned to human um, conditions and mother nature and intuition. And you're starting to sh- see, as you're saying, the shift of things leaking out there in a way that is becoming more normalized. Yeah, absolutely. And and I always think and it's it's an interesting thing isn't it how one's um thinking uh evolves around these things um because if you'd asked me a few years ago about the patriarchy it'd have been like boo patriarchy um and yes of course boo patriarchy but the reason why I've shifted somewhat is that I feel like the patriarchy hasn't done men any favors either 
I think there are there's an epidemic no. of really unhappy, dysfunctional men in the world for whom patriarchy has set the standard and and they have basically spent you know, as in given away their entire lives in the pursuit of fulfilling their patriarchal duties. Mm. And it's created generations of men who are not happy, who aren't able to be emotionally uh, literate, um, you know, who don't treat women well. And it's damaging. And I and I so for me, like, you know, when when you look at the this this balance of um in the world, it is just as important that we bring the men along with us as that we get all the women behind us. I mean, there's no doubt that that is happening, but the but to get the men on side to go, actually, we all need to be doing this like work, we all need to be doing this inner work to understand each other, to bring more light, more love, more gratitude authenticity to the world I think it's a really really important you know I completely completely agree with you but I do think it has to start with the women because they have to activate that which will then activate it in the men when I say the patriarchy I think of like the energies over the planet necessarily any individual human but the energies, the energies that are managing the planet and those are the same energies that gave us the television hell a vision, right? It tells us what vision we should have about each other. That is all very toxic and also controlling. And so I totally 100% agree with you that men have missed out on their ability to tap into their feminine energy, which has really created a real wedge gap crater of dysfunction. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And and you know, and that's that's a, leading to an epidemic of people who aren't are dissatisfied with their lives. You know, mm-hmm. and I think um, the more that we can do, you know, what's fascinating to observe um, is when somebody goes from being dissatisfied, not not functioning happily in the world, and actually they have to end up, you know, the the career or the job may have to slide. You know, I talked to quite a lot of people, men as well as women on this podcast who have come to this work and they have been like, yeah, I had this amazing corporate job and I was making a ton of money and, you know, I had the fancy car and the blah, whatever else, but I wasn't happy. And then I started to do this inner work and I realized actually what life is about, which is about the journey, not having the stuff. And, there's so many you know but it's fascinating to watch and see that that is infinitely possible you know I think any number of people if they're really true if they're really honest with themselves who are living this kind of life of gathering things to them you know stuff money status people whatever um, I think in all honesty that the inner life is they would probably give away all of that in order to have a really peaceful inner life. I think most people would. And I'm not saying that you should give away all your stuff and go off and be in an ascetic. Um, what, what do they call those? The, the, they're not even monks, they're ascetics in India who go around. They literally have nothing, literally nothing, just a rag around them. And they. <laughs> 
and they yeah. just spend their life in spiritual pursuit you know there's uh, yeah i think it's yeah money and stuff is perfectly orchestrated to shine a light on our deficits and mm-hmm. i think a lot of people that get into the realm of success that often are challenged with having to do the work to find the joy, because as you've just stated, like you can have as much stuff as you want, but that doesn't mean you have inner peace mm-hmm. and you have to do the inside work. I mean, that is what I've learned through all the work I've done, not only in corporate, but guiding these women through these books is like, I got to a point where I could tell you how to get promoted, how to get on a board, how to find peace after young kids and having a big job. But what I have learned in my own work and the work of all the women have crossed my path is that the real work is on on the inside and you have to work from the inside out to have that inner peace, to have that alignment that so many of us see. Yeah, yeah, no, you're... You are absolutely right. So listen, whilst I, I need to go and get my plug in, my, my computer's about to die. Whilst I'm just nipping over there to get my, will you tell everybody um, how they can get hold of you and where about your website and all of that sort of stuff? Give me two so I'm super excited to have this conversation with you. And I think if you're interested in more information on the energy practitioners or the work that I'm doing, you can find me inside the community online. Or you can connect with me on Instagram or LinkedIn under JJ DeGeronimo. I'd be happy to respond to any of your questions or comments or even books you want to share. <laughs> yeah, it was so professional, JJ. Thank you. <laughs> Adding a little oh. bit of professionalism to my podcast. I do appreciate that. <laughs> oh, I appreciate this conversation and I feel like it, it I hope that it is give in listeners some insight to maybe why they are where they are on their journey and that we all have these pit stops and obstacles and questions that we ask ourselves. But if you're experiencing that, that's a good sign that you are on your way to more enlightenment. Yeah, absolutely. Amen. Absolutely. So thank you so very much for joining me, JJ. It's been an absolute delight to talk to you. I feel like we could just chat forever. We've got, we're very, you know, I I love the fact that the universe just serves me up beautiful people like you with alignment and energy and good hearts and spreading this energy of um this positive energy raising your energy and um yeah so i'm i'm intrigued by your book i'm going to go and have a look for it i'm also going to go and look up um rebecca campbell who you mentioned because i think that she sounds like a a wonderful person uk based so shout out to rebecca thank you And thank you, JJ. Thank you so much for bringing your beautiful light to my podcast. Thank you. Thank you for the invite. Thank you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.